Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello and welcome to Man Post Weekend Review Show. I'm your host Ali and joining me to discuss the full weekend run of fixtures, I have as always Dave and Simon. How are we chaps? Uh, not too bad, thanks. Uh, aye, not not bad. Almost a, a full re- full result of wins for the three of us. Um, I mean, when we, don't, when we don't lose it's like a win. So yeah. <laughs> Three wins it is. Um, <laughs> Right, let's start at the very beginning. Um, a very good place to start, as they say. Um, uh, Man City just, again, just done what they need to. Another three points. Um, 19 wins on the bound. No, it can't be. Is that right? 20 now. 20 now, yeah. Uh, 2-1 home win to, against West Ham. Um, Michael Antonio, who else for West Ham? But two, two defenders, Diaz and Stones, uh, with the goals for Man City. Uh, Simon, since you... You picked up first. I'll, I'll come to you in the game. Um, I don't think it was the most entertaining game to watch, uh, as none of them seem to be this weekend. West Ham did all right, to be fair. Um, it was just City, just being City, really, just on continuing the great run of form that they're on at the moment. Um, as I say, time it seems so long ago now. I can't really remember too many clear-cut chances for either side in the game. Um, City's first goal, lovely ball in from De Bruyne. Uh, Stones, conti- oh no, it's Diaz. Sorry, I got the first one. Uh, yeah, first goal yeah. for City. Uh, lovely header. Um, but as I say, West Ham kind of did all right and sort of tried to have a, a bit of a go at City when they could. Got their equaliser, which I suppose you could argue was deserved at the time. Uh, but you just always felt as well as West Ham have been this season and as well as they were sort of doing in the game, you just felt City were just going to turn it on, get a second goal and, and they weren't going to get pegged back again. Although I think in stoppage time or coming up to the end of the game, uh, I can't remember who it was now, I think it might have been Diop, had a really good chance with a header and he just sort of got his timing wrong. Um, yeah, West Ham I think would be pleased with the performance. He, they didn't do what they did against Liverpool where they just didn't turn up. At least they did sort of have a, a bit of a go. But, I mean, City, they're just in such a good run of form at the moment. I don't think anyone was surprised with them coming away with all three points. Yeah, no, fair. Uh, West Ham still in the top four, Dave. Um, City now 12 points clear. Uh, I think we, we all agree that Man City are, are strolling away with this one. But... Um, Two ones, not 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 a bad result. You know, it's not going to dampen any confidence on West Ham, Dave. No, as uh, I said, West Ham played reasonably well. Um, certainly was closer than I thought it was going to be. Um, I thought Man City made a bit of a mistake starting Aguero. Um, just didn't look fit. I know they've got to give him minutes to get fit, but 
he didn't uh, he didn't look on the pace at all on this one. But um, I think Man City, with this, the way they they've gone about their businesses, they're they're always going to rotate that squad, especially after just winning away in Europe. Um, and they've got another midweek game um, this week, and then another one the week after. So it's pretty much non-stop for them. But when you're winning and you've got that many great players at your disposal, does it really matter? Like, if I, if I was in their shoes, I'd want to play every day. Like, it's it's great, isn't it? <laughs> um, but yeah, as you say, West Ham, Lingard continued uh, to look like a proper player. Like, it's almost like we've forgotten he's actually a good footballer underneath it all. But um, this wasn't. This is a bit of a free hit for West Ham. I know we've said that and criticised them for not really having a go against Liverpool, but they played far better in this game than they did against uh, than they did against Liverpool. Antonio just been the difference almost as well. Um, did, did he? St- I don't think he started against Liverpool, did he? Uh, I can't remember, Ali. I'll be honest. Or, yeah, we're going back a bit now. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm fairly certain that he either didn't start or he was he got, possibly could have been injured. And I think, obviously, that makes a difference. I think we, said, we mentioned it last week. We probably mentioned it many weeks. He is pivotal for West Ham, how they play. You know, he's just that... Uh, I mean, he's, 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 literally the, he's literally their only striker. And even then, he wasn't a striker until until a few months until maybe a year ago when Moyes sort of properly converted him. Um, but no, I mean, I, I, it, it's surprising it took so long for them to play him as an out-and-out striker all the time because you look at his his skill set and he's not really suited to playing out wide I know he obviously played, did play out wide for a long time but he's um, he's much better through the middle I think and uh, yeah in that formation as well brilliant at not only poaching goals but holding the ball up and bringing others in and you know he's got quite a few quite a few strings to his bow uh, yeah he's just developed more and more over the last, the last few seasons, um, as you say, just so important. I feel was he a wing back when he first? He, honestly, he's played everywhere for them. Yeah. Like, I mean, obviously, obviously, big big Sam was the manager a bit, so you know. Yes. <laughs> Surprised he wasn't in goal. Can, can you do a job at fullback? Well. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, but yeah, he, he he's capable of it. Don't get us wrong. I mean, he did played very well there on the wing for a number of years, but um, he looks. A real handful up front, doesn't he? Yeah, um, you'd almost love to see him at a team who creates many more chances to see what he could do. But but you feel he's the like West Ham's the type of club where he's just you know it's built around him. Just kind of leave him there, don't touch. Um, you mentioned the Aguero one. Um, I did think it was strange when I seen he started, uh, Dave, uh, like yourself. I mean, a game like that, you could quite easy if you almost play. A more closer to first eleven, maybe get like a little lead when West Ham are tired, bring them on, and and bring in the sharpness then. But yeah, like you can see what they're doing. Man City started this game with three hundred and fifteen million pound worth of players on the bench. Um, I don't think they've got much to worry about <laughs> rotating between now and the end of the season. But um, do we feel this is Aguero's last season? On on Aguero's point, like, do you think his best days are done in the Premier League? It's hard to say because he hasn't, he hasn't played for a year, pretty much. When he, when he I know he's played like was it three or four games in that time, and it's yeah, he came back didn't he before getting done again? Yeah, and obviously he's had COVID, and he's had it seems to be like one step after another, which which sometimes you tempt to say, well, he's getting that point in his career where injuries and his body will, will catch up to him. But 
things like having COVID, like it's not necessarily down to age. That's just unlucky in this current climate. So uh, I would I would hate to write him off because he's he's one of the best finishers the Premier League's ever seen. I think Pep's never been fully struck on him. I think he's been desperate for Jesus to come in and, and you know really hit the kind of numbers Aguero hits, but he just doesn't. And I think as a result of that, he's, he's kind of had to fall on the sword a bit and stick with it, stick with Aguero over the last couple of years. But I think if you said to Pep tomorrow, you know, you can sign Holland if you ship out Aguero, Aguero will be on the first plane to wherever <laughs> yeah. he's going. <laughs> yeah, I think that's fair. But I mean, not even on Pep that one. I think anybody at this stage of Aguero's career, I think that's almost a no-brainer as well, isn't it? Get get that big wage off. Um, and Aguero would kind of be the last of that. Would he be the last of that breed? There's no one else left, isn't it, of that almost original city crop that started, you know, rejuvenating them. Hmm. Uh, I mean, De Bruyne has been there maybe five or six years, but I think by then they probably had a... I think he came after, after they won the league, yeah, so... Yeah, I'll be, I'll be sad to see him go whenever he does decide to leave the Premier League. Um, it, it will be a sad moment for, even for opposition fans, as you say, Dave, he's one of the, one of the best to do it. Um, always been enjoyable to watch unless he's doing it against your team. Um, which you probably seen at the most vicious, Dave. Oh, I mean, he's got five, well, he's got something like sixteen goals against us <laughs> in, uh, in about three games. Yeah, uh, in, <laughs> in not that many games. So, um, but again, who doesn't? So yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, fair. Um, as you say, like City, City, another just kind of like another station on the way to the, the final destination. No, no drama, just strolling apart. Uh, West Ham again, as we say, like played well. Um, the way we'll come on to obviously Leicester later on, who are who are about um, Chelsea and Man United, who again will try not to come on to him <laughs> later as well. Um, West Ham really could take this top four spot um, if they could just keep the confidence up. And hopefully, like because Antonio is quite prone to, to muscle injuries, if they can manage him enough, um, could we see them sneaking that top four? Or do you think there's just too many big clubs around them? I mean, they've got two big dogs chasing them down, haven't they? Like, it's, uh, <laughs> as a neutral, like, I don't really have a dog in this fight. Like, you'd quite like to see it, but I just can't imagine them getting more points than um, Chelsea and probably Liverpool over the remaining games. Um, they, they've got to go to Man United. They've got Arsenal at home. Um, they've got Chelsea at home on the 24th April, which looks pretty big. Um, but other than that, their running's not that bad. So yeah, we'll see. Um, I say, I mean, you'd rather be in that position than Chelsea Liverpool, of course. Cause I think points on the board, everything in it. But um, you wouldn't, you know, they're, they're two big teams to to outpace over the, essentially a third of the season. Yeah, no, they are. Simon, you? Yeah, I think. I just don't think they've got the squad depth really that that uh, the others have, and I think they'll give it a good go. But I'd expect them to just fall short of a top four spot. United of last year. Well, I mean, if, if they finish in the European places, that's a hell of a result. Whether it's Champions League or even if it's Europa League, like that's yeah, definitely tre- tremendous for Moyes. Yeah, absolutely, and I think it just adds credibility back on Moyes' career. We've said this, you know, a few times in the last month or so. Um, he's he's really found. You know his place again, and kind of found himself after really what started the downward spiral and taking the Man United job too early. Um, but 
No, hats off to West Ham. They're having a fantastic season. As you say, no matter where they finish, if they can sneak a Europa League spot, um, you mean you wouldn't want them to fall much lower than that because then it starts to look, you know, look bad. But yeah, great season for them. And as we we say, Man City kind of strolling on on. Um, next up was West Brom to Brighton, who just don't want to win games anymore. Um, <laughs> West Brom were one 0 win. Uh, Dave, I'll come to you first since this is the uh, roundabout your your area. Yeah. Dave, yeah. Well, I'm not really sure what result I wanted here. I think a draw would have would have been fine, but I suppose West Brom win. They're still quite a way away from us. Yeah. Um, how they won, I've got no idea because Brighton have missed two pens. Um, and obviously had the free kick disallowed, which I guess is the main talking point here. Um, I mean, my view is that the ref should never have blown his whistle to allow him to take a free kick when the keepers lined up the wall. Now, I know you can say it's great to take free, quick free kicks, but when you've stopped the play to let, the, let, let them line up the wall and you, everyone else that goes with it, you can't just suddenly decide, well, now's the time to take it because the keeper's over there. Like, that's not fair, is it? Um, so it's either quick, as in straight away, or... You stop and let everyone get in position, and then you take it. Um, what ha- what happened after that with the blowing the whistle twice and then giving the goal, just allowing the goal is just a farce. But I think the right decision has been come to in the end. I don't know if what either you two think. Um, I, yeah, probably the right decision in the end. But as you say, I mean, fair play to Lee Mason because he made what was on paper a horrific game. Actually quite interesting. Um, I was wondering where you were going there because if you were away to credit him, like anything officiating, I was no. hanging up on you right now. I mean, I I think um, what's his uh, what's the Wolves manager's name? He's completely gone out of my head. Nuno. Yeah, he should get his money back from the fine that he got the uh, the other month for saying that Mason wasn't competent enough to referee in the Premier League because I think he's been proven right, but um. Uh, yeah, it was, it was just a far. I think the point you made, Dave, is, is spot on that once you've sort of you've got the spray out and all that and, you know, the keepers are lining up, you can't then uh, let them take the free kick when, when people aren't ready. But um, oh, it was just, it was ridiculous, wasn't it? I mean, they, he just got himself into a complete mess and, uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was a bit of excitement anyway. I've never, like, this is we're talking guys who are getting paid thousands of pounds a week to referee games. I'm a referee who gets paid forty pound a week to referee a game. Um, even at my level, just don't let players take free kicks at all. Put it on your whistle the way you're meant to. It just saves all this hassle. Whereas he's just let a situation embarrass him. The I mean the standard of officiating was already under scrutiny. I think we can all agree on that anyway. Um, it just brings more eyes onto them and make them look more ridiculous, like week by week. I just, I really don't understand what possibly could go through his head. It's not like you can say fans were getting on his back. There's none. Yeah. Like, how come, like, since there's been no fans, the officiating's got worse? Surely that should make it easier because it's almost <sighs> less stress, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I mean, what I would say as well, though, from a West Brom point of view, I don't know about you guys, but when I was like younger playing football, you always like if a free kick's given away on the edge of your box or ball. in a shooting position, have someone stand on the ball until the referee is about to blow his whistle to take it to stop that quick free kick. So um, I was that seems to have gone out the game a bit. 
it's the same way players on the post as well. I don't. I, it still frustrates me when teams score like a header from a corner. Yeah. It just like trickles in at the back post. Why haven't they just put a man on the back post? I mean, it's almost like we named a podcast afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> just, yeah, it's frustrating. It's frustrating as like a, an amateur player and then an amateur ref. I just think situations like that are so easily avoided and it just make, almost makes a mockery of officiating and just like the intelligence of players. Like, it just makes them look stupid. Um, but speaking of stupid, can Brighton get any worse in the last few games? Like, what is going on, Dave? Well, they've had so many shots. Like, they're, play, they're not playing any differently to before. They just can't score a goal for love and money. And I think the more it happens, the worse it gets, isn't it? Like, it becomes like a, a panic almost, where you think you're never going to score ever again. And on this evidence, they might not, which, again, suits me down the ground. But... Um, you must, like, as a coach, right, what do you do? Like, you're making four, five, six like, clear cut chances in a match. Like, it's probably more than Man United making three games and they win every match. Like, it, it, <laughs> just, it just doesn't make any sense, does it? But uh, somehow they keep missing. And when you get two penalties and miss them both, like, and I don't mean the keeper saving them both, I mean, you've literally managed to <laughs> hit the woodwork on both of them. Like, what on earth do you do? <laughs> I, I think that would be important, don't you? That those two missed penalties, that voids any complaint I think they can have over that free kick might not be allowed because you've been given two penalties as well, lads. Like, well, that's it. I mean, I don't know if that's worse as a fan where you you, you sit looking at the stats and you go, you know, what? we can't blame anyone but ourselves for this. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> definitely. Like, literally, the only reason we're going to get sucked in this relegation battle is because we can't score a goal. Like you mentioned, Dave, like it's hard to say. There genuinely isn't any blame at Graham Potter's feet here, is there? Maybe signings. Well, I mean, on paper, like getting more pay from uh, Brentford at the time, fine. Like you know, for a club in Brighton position, which is you know bottom half Premier League, to get mm-hmm. probably the Championship's top scorer at the time or near enough the top scorer at the time, seemed like a sensible move. And it's not like he's a terrible player. He just <laughs> didn't seem to be able to score at the minute. And then, you know, Welbeck on a free. All right, he's never been prolific, but bags of experience and. You know, has shown he can finish. Um, Conley, young lad, nothing wrong with giving him minutes. He always looks lively, but probably again not a natural goal scorer. But your brain, like, what do you do? You, you kind of, I would have thought buying like the championship top scorer is pretty much where they're at. Yeah, I mean, unless you can get a loan, you know, of a, a further but, four choice attacker. But there's a reason those players are further four choice attackers, I guess, where they are as well. Um, I saw. I saw. a lot of credit. He's played Lallana a lot this season, and they've still won games. <laughs> like they've played with ten men a lot of the season, um, and they're not they're not in the relegation zone. That just shows you where Sheffield United are. I mean, I, I respect him because he brings on like a pro of Mars League player in every game. I've got no idea who it is. Like, I'm just going to find you the name of this guy who came on. Who, when you're chasing a game, I would have thought they had better options than this, but. They decided to bring on a chap called, um, what's he called? Moda. Any ideas? Uh, that was his uh, debut. Oh, I know, but why? Like, on the bench you had, you had <laughs> Johan Bash, or whatever he's called, who was the top scorer in the Dutch League a few years ago. All right, the Dutch League, but whatever. Um, Zakiri, who's another guy they've been bringing on recently, who's... No idea, but apparently Swiss striker. Um, they had 
Percy Tau, who is a South African forward, I think, who again has been in this in the team a lot recently. Uh, but no, they opted for Moda. Whatever you say, I don't know. I mean, why? Mm. Do you think this maybe feels like almost uh, Potter's frustration that he's just kind of throwing shit at the wall and trying to get something to stick? Or it feels a bit like that. I mean, they seem to have like Trussard, who is brilliant to watch until he tries to finish. Like he, he plays on like they're not there, and then shoots wide. Overhits across slightly. Um, I mean, he he's so talented. He's Belgian international, but I say like, what do you do? Like, I don't blame the manager for this at all. Really, I, I just think strikers need to show some composure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, on that then, where do you think Brighton go? What do you see? Like, obviously, Dave, you don't want them to go nowhere. You want this to continue. <laughs> but you know, if you're a Brighton fan, like, what? What what happens from now? Well, unfortunately, from my point of view, Brighton have got this knack of picking up results when you don't expect them to. So, like, I'm looking at the fixtures like Leicester next Saturday. That's uh, you yeah, know, probably a good, probably probably a good time to play Leicester here. Um, Southampton away, awful form. Us at home, <sighs> don't ask. Um, <laughs> They've got enough winnable games again. Like, you wouldn't be surprised if they if they eke some results out. But they're not. It's kind of weird because the Brighton of old, when it was Hutton's team, and they had you know they played four four two, and they just got the ball in the box, and they kind of were more likely to stop in that scenario because they got goals and set pieces and things. Whereas play, playing this way, it seems to be uh, a lot less reliable of, of being a source of goals. Yeah. Um... Simon, any any concern of Brighton creeping into that relegation zone, and and what about West Brom as well? Do we think they're still too far off the pace? Yeah, West Brom are, are still way too far uh, for me. I mean, they've, okay, they've won, but Brighton missed two penalties. <laughs> There's, you know, they'd have had their shooting boots on. They they could have quite easily lost that. Brighton, you'd start to get a bit concerned. I think. I mean. All season, we've been. You can literally just copy and paste what we've said after their games. Uh, all <laughs> yeah, season, it's they, yeah. they they play well, but they don't score. I think I was watching uh, during the game on the weekend. The stat came up, and the last three games they've had 65 attempts on goal and scored yeah. once. So I think I, I think they probably will stay up because they are still quite decent at the back. They don't concede many, so I think they'll probably get enough points to stay up. But in the summer, they've they've really got to get get it right and get a, a striker in who can score some goals for them. But uh, they they might start getting a bit worried. I think now, especially having having seen Fulham close the gap in recent weeks, they they'll probably get be getting a bit nervous at the moment. Yeah, I think as Dave says, they've got a lot of winnable games. Not that it means anything for for Brighton. They've got, but they need. It's goals. Goals is where their biggest letdown, I, especially this season. I, w- I was never. I understand what you said about Welbeck, Dave, but, and and their position might be the best, but th- there had to have been another option. Um, had to have been somewhere. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it might start getting a concern. A couple more. Well, just yeah, a couple more shots that don't go in. <laughs> it might might be a concern. Um, 
We'll move on from that game and um, go to the next boring game of the weekend. <laughs> um, this, according to our WhatsApp group, sounded an absolute atrocious game, Simon. Um, but it's three points for you guys. Aston Villa one leads nil. Yeah, I mean, I I quite enjoyed it. <laughs> I'll be honest. Um, yeah, it's um, obviously a really good result for us. Uh, I think psychologically for the players to get a win without Grealish was good because it gets that sort of monkey off the back and stops that narrative that we're a one-man team, which we're not. I mean, obviously he makes us much better, but we have still got other good players. Um, I thought we did a really good number on them. I, th- I thought the game plan was executed superbly. When we played them at Villa Park, we sort of tried to go toe-to-toe with them. And in the second half, they just completely overran us and won it comfortably. So once we got the early goal, I always felt pretty comfortable. I think that's 11 games now where we've taken the lead and gone on to one. I think only once a season have we taken the lead in the match and not won it. Um, as I just thought we did a really good number on them. We, we defended quite, it was quite compact and narrow. Uh, we brought Marvellous and Camber back into the team who was excellent. He just nullified any threats. And Leeds, just, they couldn't really get going. We, we sort of really did what Wolves did to them in the two games. They played against them. You, you sort of defend a bit deep. Um, they can they can struggle to, to break you down, really. But I think they, they much prefer it when teams have a, like, a real go at them and leave spaces at the back. Um, and, we, and we just didn't. Konza, Mings were very, very good. Target really got into them and wound them up, which was quite nice to see. He's, he's been really impressive for me this season, Target. He's improved so much. And we actually had still a, a few decent chances on the break. El Ghazi. He's a real confidence player, and having got that goal, you could just see his confidence lift. He has got a bit of a shoot on site policy, which can be frustrating at times. But then at other times, I don't mind it because it's like, well, you know what you're going to get with him. And uh, yeah, Leeds just didn't really create anything. I don't think they had a shot on target in the second half. Um, So I think they'll be really disappointed. But from us, that's, I think, a seventh away win this season and an eighth clean sheet away from home considering we didn't get one clean sheet away from home last season. Uh, I'm, yeah, just really, really pleased and really impressed with that performance. Yeah, it's, it's been a great season for, for Villa. But just quickly, I'll come to you, Dave, on Leeds. Um, Leeds have obviously been everybody's almost second team, um, especially of the big boys watching, like with the Bielsa effect and the way they played at the start of the season. And to be fair to Leeds, they're, they're, they're almost like batting like 50%, you know, they win one, they lose one, they win mm-hmm. one, they lose one, that seems to be, I can't remember many draws, you know, throughout, and, and whilst it's great, obviously that's not sustainable to stay in the Premier League, you know, many years. Do we think, after a season in the Premier League, um, you know, having more finances available, maybe more improvements in the summer, hopefully Bielsa stays for them, do we think he'll adapt slightly? Because um, this is, tends to be his almost forte, isn't it, the way he plays, but do you think he'll adapt slightly and, you know, with better additions coming in? Because it's mainly still the championship squad um, that they can improve on, you know, the 50% basically that they're, they're hitting this year. Um, uh, to answer your first question is, I think if Bielsa left, they'll get relegated immediately. Um, I think they've got a lot of average players there who are very good in the way Bielsa sets them up. Um, yeah. I think he will stay because... 
he's clearly working a project there and if he can keep I mean, what's he won 11 out of 26 or just less than 50 percent they're in pretty much no danger of being relegated um if he keeps up that rate they'll be they'll continue to be mid-table um i think he would need to buy a lot of players a lot of you know better players than what he's got to get high in the table than that and i'm not sure it's a bit of a funny one because I'm not sure how many of the sort of world superstars you'd buy who would be willing to play his style of football um, when you can probably go somewhere equivalent and not be running the ground, if you know what I mean. It, it's, yeah, yeah. It's, um, I think Rafinha is, you know, Rafinha is brilliant. Um, can they get better than him? You wouldn't like to say, would you? But you think like him and Rodrigo, they're obviously, you know, class players. Um if that's the same of what they can get and then get 11 of them, I think they'll be, they'll be absolutely fine and yeah. capable, capable of going higher. But I'm just not sure how many of the players of that ilk are willing to go and play in that style of football at like a, what's currently a mid-table Premier League club when you could probably go and do the same at a club, a couple of places lower, a couple of places higher and you know not have to run hundreds of kilometres a week in training to get to that level of fitness. <laughs> No, no, fair. I'm just, just curious because obviously the the way Bielsa plays just now with that squad, I, I generally don't think it's sustainable over, you know, a two, three year period. I just this is a very special season for um, just the way things have worked out. Um, although I do think Leeds would probably win more games with fans there. You know, especially the closer games. Like, not saying they would have won yesterday, eh, Saturday, sorry, Simon, but. You know, just having fans in a game like that, um, yeah, would help Leeds because you were away, weren't you? It was at Ellen Road or whatever. It, it was Ellen Road, yeah. Yeah, so yeah, and it just just interests me. I'm obviously Leeds has been that fascinating story for for most. Um, on Dean Smith, obviously done fantastic job. Got, I mean, we all know it. The the manager of the year tends to go to whoever wins the league. Mm-hmm. Um, so chances are Pep's going to get it, but. Under no illusion, is Pep the best manager of the this season? Um, it's it's almost impossible not to do what he's done um, with the money that they've spent, and, and he does deserve praise for changing things around, definitely. But um, for me, Dean Smith or or Moyes has to be manager of the season this year. I mean, I'm going to go first. Whether you agree or if there's anybody else you would put in that category. Um, no, I think them too. The improvements in both clubs from last year to this year has has been exceptional. And I'd say, like from our point of view, that that defensive record that I pointed out. Um, I don't know if any of you saw the uh, Monday Night Football tonight before the game. Uh, Carragher was doing a bit on the defence, and he was looking at like the stats from before lockdown last season and after lockdown and we were like worse defensively for every stat you can imagine <laughs> and this year we're in like we're third fourth for everyone so the uh yeah the job he's done and, and the recruitment as well like everyone is saying it's all these signings from this summer and there was a lot of talk about uh, the players we signed the previous summer were uh, they that, that they didn't work out, but there's a number of players there like Target Cons and Louise uh, El Ghazi who all signed and the Camber as well last summer. They needed a bit of time to adapt. They all look great signings this year now. So yeah, that Smith is has done an unbelievable job, and yeah, it's just been a great season for us. 
Uh, Dave, for yourself as well? Um, yeah, I think those are the two at the minute. I, I, I don't... It's still a third of the season to go. Um, so you're kind of loath to start handing out awards and things, but fundamentally this is when a lot of the voting happens. So right now, if the, if the awards were tomorrow, I think those are the two who have really um, overperformed, if you like, with the clubs. Um, I think... Um, you also have to look at to be also probably as well at Leeds because to be a newly promoted club and stay, you know, well and truly clear the relegation zone, it's not without, not without credit, is it? Yeah, I think that's a fair shout. Yeah, no, I uh, I couldn't agree. There's no one else that just sprung to mind. Obviously, um, I agree with you, Dave. That it's, it's a bit early for that, but um, they, these two are Barn Pep. Those two are the front runners. Um, no one else is really. Set the world with a light. Um, last game of the Saturday, then, Dave, will come to yourself. Uh, Newcastle won, Wolves won, uh, LaSalle's mm. with Luna, um, for Newcastle, um, who had a fantastic interview after the game, which I'm sure you've seen. Yes. Uh, and then Neves um, with, a, with the equaliser, who I've mentioned a few times this season that hasn't really been featured nor up too much in the last few weeks, he's popped up with a couple of important goals for Wolves. But yeah, Dave, talk us through the game and then that LaSalle's, that LaSalle's interview as well. Yeah, so we started out on the front foot. Fantastic. We played really well for the first half hour. Um, but the problem is with us, if we don't score when we're on top, you you know, you know can kind of feel the, the confidence draining away from us. And we had one disallowed and keep it made a couple of decent saves. And Almiron hit the post and you thought, and here we go. Um and I say once once we kind of blew ourselves out a bit, Wolves came back in the game and it became much more of a 50-50 game after that. Um, Traore, we've talked about him lots of times, but he was pretty much the only one playing for them in the first half. Um, your boy Neves there, you just mentioned, at one point, I think even the commentators said he's having you know a pretty poor game. Kept passing the ball out of play and just generally couldn't do anything right, which was quite handy for us, but... Um, Obviously, things started to go wrong for us once uh, Almiron went off injured. Just be- well, he went off at half-time, but he was injured just before half-time. Um, we got the goal. You see a good header from the cells. Um, he doesn't get enough, really, for the type of lad he is. He, uh, you know, big, strong lad, attacks the ball well, but I guess there's a lot of it on the delivery as well. But, yeah, took his goal well. Uh, and then Almiron goes off injured, um, which is... The worst news of all. Sorry, not Almond. I said Maxman goes off injured, which is horrendous news. And then, uh, well, Kraft goes off injured, which isn't really a problem. But during the reshuffle, which is what LaSalle's are talking about, um, Wolves equalise. Uh, another than a, a Joel Linton chance later on, which again, it's, it's a good bit of defending to stop it, but he shouldn't be giving anyone a chance to stop it because he's got a free shot at goal from about 10 yards and he's yet again not scored. Um, other than that, it was all Wolves for the last 10 minutes and we were quite relieved to get the full time in the end but it's a decent point in the end of the day but to lose two of your best players to injury and well a third who I guess makes up the numbers um, it's it's, it's pretty pretty bad night all in all Yeah, massive point though in a way, um, especially the way the results went um, with the Brighton one and that as well um, before I go to Simon, on that LaSalle's interview Dave Mm-hmm. Uh, I take it you were very pleased in hearing what he's. Yeah, well, so anyone who didn't hear it basically. Yeah, basically, I didn't hear this, sir. So. 
Yeah, so basically he was asked what happened on the goal, I think, and he said, well, after the change, so what happened was Kraft got injured, uh, and because we sold Andre Yedlin um, and Mankeo's injured, he decided to switch us from a four at the back to a five at the back with, um, I think he brought Murphy over to play right wing back, and in the process that made Hayden go from centre mid to centre back. Um but I think there was some confusion as to whether Hayden was going to right back or not, which he has also done in previous games. So you'd probably say on the Villa goal, oh, sorry, the Villa goal, the Wolves goal, um, Neves is unmarked in the middle of the box and Hayden's like kind of between him and Traore because he, if he's at right back, he should have Traore and if he's at centre back, I guess he'd have Neves. But, um, and that's what Lascelles was alluding to, just that there was no communication. Steve Bruce being Steve Bruce blamed Matt Ritchie for it because Matt Ritchie came on and apparently didn't get the instructions across quick enough. Um, but this happened in Bruce's very first game for us. Um, he makes a change, and half the team changes positions. It's bizarre. You probably found this at Villa, Simon, because I've seen a few Villa fans saying the same thing has happened. Yeah. Uh, so he makes a change, and half the team moves about, and it takes a bit of time to adjust. Um, and of course, we got caught napping, so it's cost us two points, I guess. Um, but it's, it's all totally avoidable, like I say. And there's a very small degree of sympathy in that getting three injuries in a game is bad luck, but you look at the amount of injuries we get under Bruce and compared to what we got under Rafa, it's exponentially more. Um, and it's because he doesn't believe in sports science and all this kind of stuff. And it's it's just a nonsense, really. Um, I'm fearing the worst on, certainly, St. Maximin's injury. Um, Almiron apparently isn't as bad as I first thought, whether that's, you know, three months instead of six or a couple of weeks instead of a month. I don't know yet, but missing them too and Wilson is uh, horrific, really. Like That's as bad as it gets for us. Yeah, I was going to say, yes. at this stage of the season, especially with Fulham's key guard resurgence, it's, it's almost the last thing you needed, like more than any other time of the season. Uh, yeah, I mean, we've got West Brom next weekend, which is a huge game. Um, it's at West Brom. Um with those two, I thought I really thought we'd win quite easily because um, of the type of players that West Brom can't handle. Um, without those two, uh, <laughs> I don't know where our goals are going to come from. Yeah, that's that's a concern. Uh, Simon, did you see the game and um, much more to add? I mean, you know Bruce just as much as Dave. Yeah, I mean, when Dave was talking about the. Uh, changing from the back four to back five I can't say I was surprised <laughs> that is a, that's a classic Bruce move um yeah that's sort of I to be honest I didn't watch the full game I just watched the highlights because I'd watched three pretty boring games by that stage on Saturday and I, I'll be honest Newcastle Wolves didn't really leap out as a game that I should be definitely watching as well uh, but from what I did see like Dave said I thought Newcastle actually started off uh, quite well to be fair um but with those injuries now, like you say, that's a real concern. If if, if them three are going to be out, uh, say Maximum, Almiron and Wilson are going to be out for like a, a, a significant period of time, then I think that's a huge concern because you just, <clears throat> I mean, they struggled to score goals anyway, really. But with, that, with them three missing as well, you'd be worried. I mean, it's, you, you look at that Joel Linton chance at the end, like, I mean, yeah, you can say it was good defending, but, I mean, if you're not scoring that, I don't think you're ever going to score again. I, I, I couldn't believe that didn't go in the back Honestly, of the net. Honestly, like, he is 
the biggest waste of £40 million pounds I've ever seen. Like, there's been some shocking transfers over the years, but he absolutely takes the biscuit. Like, it's so, so yeah. av- average. Like, he's just not good I, at anything. Like, I, I think average <laughs> is kind. Well, that's it. Like, if you paid £5 million for him, you'd be thinking, God, <laughs> wasn't wasn't a great spender money. Like, we had Hosloo, who we got from Stoke, and he tried his nuts off. Don't get us wrong. Like, you know... He obviously, he obviously was just happy to have a job, basically. But even he would have scored that, like, and he cost an eighth of what Joe Linton cost. Like, it's just, it's just horrendous. And as I say, like, he's our go-to man now with with Wilson out, and Carroll doesn't really fit the new pressing system, which I get. But um, it's, it's a worry. It is a worry. You know, we've got we've got three huge games before the national break. West Brom away, well Villa at home, which you know I don't expect to win, but and then we've got Brighton away. So if after ever, those those two away games, you you need minimum bare minimum four points from them. Yeah, too. no, I totally agree. And uh, if there's ever three games where you didn't want to be missing your three best players, it's probably yeah. those those two games in particular. Um, as I've said before, if it was up to me, I would look at ways to cut off Joe Linton's hamstrings and things and, to, and, and and give them the better players because um, why this is the worst thing about us like all our crap players are healthy all the time like <laughs> it's really annoying <laughs> well did, did you know the point you made about uh, the three players getting injured in the one game mm-hmm. i'm sure that's not the first time that's happened this season is it no i mean one game last season we lost four players um, yeah <laughs> had to finish with 10 men and it was just after half time so it's just one nonsense after another like, the sooner he gets sacked, the better. Or fired out of a cannon into the sea. Like, whatever comes first, <laughs> I'm fine with. Like, and it's not... Uh, it's People probably think, oh, you know, he's always moaning about that, Steve Bruce. Like, these things shouldn't be happening to a Premier League club in 2021. Like, it's, yeah. it's insane. <laughs> it's absolutely crazy. I think West Brom was seen the same. That's just about having a manager named Steve Bruce. And Sam Allardyce in charge in 2021. You know, that, just, that shouldn't be happening in the Premier League. Forgetting injuries, forgetting where you are on the table, but just in general, those those two should not be managing at elite level in 2021. Um, yeah. I mean, as we mentioned, results kind of went your way, Dave. Um, you could have done without the injuries and, and held on to the three points. Obviously, would have would have made the table look so much better. Um, Come the end of the come the end of this weekend as it finished. Um, obviously, we'll come on to the other game in shortly. But obviously, with the Brighton defeat, we'll obviously come on to Burnley and Fulham as well. Um, so that point has is much better than what it possibly could have been um, at the time of at the time of happening. Um, as you say, the, the important games are coming up. Um, it's hard to be optimistic for yourselves. I'm guessing as without those. Without those players, and you're relying on Joe Linton's and Andy Carroll, who's obviously not been prolific himself. Um, anywhere, never mind just at yourselves. So um, <laughs> it, it's almost a close your eyes and, and hope for the best for the next the next fortnight to fly by. Well, I've never been I've never been so thankful for an international break at the end of March. Like, <laughs> I hope it's got healing powers. <laughs> or or they both come back the week before the international, and then go get injured on international. That would just be your luck. Just that, to... that, that would, that would, that would, yeah, that would be like 
Wilson will come back against Brighton and Southgate will decide now is the time to give him his, his first international run in a couple of years. <laughs> um, but yeah, but that's that's the end for Saturday. We we don't really want to mention Wolves too much. There's there's just that team now that are sitting happy mid-table and and safe. Um, they're lacking goals. They definitely seem to have you know shored themselves <coughs> up a bit with the back to the three-five-two again. Um, but. Yeah, no. I for for us on man in the post, we were focusing more on Newcastle for that game for obvious reasons. Um, we'll move on to the Sunday, um, which again Dave would have had full eyes on, um, and a thankful nil nil with with the Crystal Palace. I take it without Zaha again, still injured. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so the yeah, Crystal Palace don't win, um, and Fulham probably missing an opportunity here to to as you say would have climbed. Yeah, they would have climbed out. No. Goal difference. Um, if Fulham had won, they'd have been. Yeah. They'd have been a point behind, wouldn't they? Yeah. Oh yeah, right enough. My my apologies. So uh, Dave, I'll come to you on this one because I, I assume you had your eyes fully fixated on this one. Uh, I was watching two games at once. Um, oh. The boy was asleep, and I knew I had stuff stuff to do the rest of the day. So I thought, well, I'll get my football fix in now, and then. Uh, <laughs> We'll see how it goes. I mean, frankly, it was an awful game of football, um, this one. Um, Palace, well, for us, the worst thing that happened was Palace winning on Monday night. Um, totally, again, against the winner player, but it just meant they didn't have to try in this one because that's the Palace where they win every one in every three or four, and then the rest of the time they just, they basically just exist. Like, they don't do anything. They just stand there like, waiting, for, waiting for nothing to happen. Like, they were one pace through the whole thing. They had Benteke up front. They had, are oh, you on the left wing? I was like, how are you expecting to score a goal here? <laughs> um, and Fulham probably should have won. Um, they had a couple of good chances, but quite have saved us on a couple of occasions. And uh, I think Madger put one just wide. Um, Fulham don't score enough goals. I think that's obvious why they're down there. Their defence is pretty good. It's actually the best in the bottom half. Um, but it's goals that are going to make or break them. Um, They'll probably look at this as being a couple of points dropped, but you know they're unbeaten in five, I think now, um, and the, the momentum's totally with them. They've got Tottenham at home on must be Wednesday or Thursday night, and obviously they win that, they'll go above us. We'll have a game in hand, but um, you know the pressure that puts on you being in the bottom three just doesn't bear thinking about. So I am concerned about Fulham, massively concerned. Um, they, they look better than us. They've got. Luckman, who's in decent form, uh, Loftus Cheek, who we've talked about before, probably shouldn't could have done better with his career, but injuries and stuffs kind of stagnated him a bit. But still, good player. Um, and Magic's come up with a point to prove. So, I, uh, I'll be, I, I think Fulham will finish above us. I just, I, I think Brighton um, and, and Burnley will come on to also smack bang in this at the moment. Uh... Fear, Simon? I mean, not really much to add, to be honest. I, I watched the game and, yeah, it was dreadful. I mean, the first half especially was just the worst. Uh, second half, yeah, Fulham, they had a few decent chances. Keeper made a few good saves. I think they've got a bit of a tricky run of games on paper coming up. So I think they'll definitely view this as, as two points dropped. And as for Palace, oh, just yeah, they're just always there, aren't they? Yeah, I think we we mentioned it last week, didn't we? Films, films, games coming up are 
possibly the worst of all teams um, to have, which is obviously delighted for, for yourself. Do is it Fulham that ends up yourselves in Fulham last game of the season? It is, yes. So you want you want to be at least four points ahead of them by then. But they've they've got they've got Tottenham, Liverpool, and Man City as their next three. And obviously we, which will uh, come up in. Uh, and obviously we've got the games we just talked about, which is West Brom and Brighton and and well, Villa, which I say is a difficult game, but um, in in real terms that should be a chance for us to pull away and put some breathing space between us. But the way the season's gone. Fulham probably win all three, and then, <laughs> and then who knows what'll happen. <laughs> oh, if you didn't laugh, you'll cry. <laughs> um, yeah, no, that's fair. I mean, things, things have looked better for Fulham, but yeah, I just, I just can't see this run of games going well for them, um, especially which will come out of the Spurs result, and obviously they have been in that slump. I mean, it might have been looked worse for you if, if Liverpool hadn't won this weekend, Spurs hadn't won. You know, and both teams are in that slump still as well. Might have been a bit more nervy, but I think the the three points for both teams just gives gives them a bit more confidence, and I think they'll be they'll be more than okay there. Um, as for Crystal Palace, well, there's a much more to add on them, chaps. Crystal Palace, or Crystal Palace. I wouldn't waste that. I wouldn't waste the bandwidth on them. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, no, that's fair. Um, so we'll leave that there, um, and um, go on alter away um, for, for Dave's sanity um, in the next few weeks. Uh, and next up was um, the biggest bottle jobs in the league and Europe. Um, <laughs> Brendan Rogers, Leicester. One, Arsenal, who we had down for relegation just a few months ago, um, who are now only two points behind Liverpool, I believe. Um, three, uh, Simon, I'll come to you in this one. Uh, a rejuvenated Arsenal. Yeah, I mean... I really regret now deciding to watch the Palace Fulham game instead of this one, to be honest. Um, <laughs> I, I didn't expect Arsenal to go and, and do that, especially after going 1-0 down quite early on. Um, from what I have seen, they recovered really well from it. Um, I think they they left Aubameyang and Saka on the bench, which was a bit surprising, which made me think, are they just prioritising the Europa League now and sort of yeah, doffing off the league but to be fair the players that come in Pepe from what I saw looked, looked really decent um, Odegaard's sort of in that number 10 role is, looks a, a really talented player he can pick a pass really nicely William had his best game for Arsenal I mean that's the bar wasn't particularly high <laughs> on that to, to beat but um, no fair play to him because I, I didn't expect that to come but um, really good result for Leicester I think I think what's really affecting them now is the the amount of big injuries are, are catching up. I think they've coped with it pretty well so far. Without Madison, they they really do lose a lot. And then obviously Harvey Barnes going off injured. I think I think he might be out for a fair chunk of time. He's been having an excellent season, and you wonder if a fully fit Leicester, I think, definitely finished top four. If they are going to have these big players out for a significant period of the rest of the season, I think they, they may struggle because I think the squad is, is just being stretched to the bare bones at the moment and they might just come undone. Going out of Europe, I think, is a massive 
help for them now, especially with these injuries, because it just lightens uh, their game loads. Yeah, hey, uh, I'll give. I'll come to you first before I voice my biased opinion on. on... <laughs> yeah, well, actually, I mean, we kind of said tongue and cheek, uh, tongue and cheek a few weeks ago. Leicester going out of the Europa League is the best thing they could do, and just focus on getting in that top four. They've still got a decent cushion, but they had a bigger cushion last season and blew it. And I actually told a friend of mine about watching them in Europe on Thursday night without Madison, and they were so average, like they could barely string a pass together. And I think I think Vardy's still carrying an injury because he didn't look up to speed at all here. Um, and obviously we talked before about the lack of depth they've got up there without him. Um, Barnes going off, you know, badly off is. Um, is probably the worst news of all because he has been, I wouldn't say carrying them, but he's been the, the brightest spark in recent weeks. Um, so to lose him for what, as Sai says, it looks like a considerable period of time. Um, it's a huge problem for them. I mean, they played Ricardo as kind of like an attacking winger here and it's not really what he want to be doing because he isn't an attacking winger. He's a good fullback, great fullback, but I wouldn't want to play him that far forward. Um Arsenal were, were very good, as you say. Um, they focused all their attention on Luke Thomas at left-back for, for Leicester and just kept going at him down that side. Um, the first two goals certainly came down that side. Or one was a pen, but obviously the cross came in from that side. Um, Pepe, as you say, had him all sewn up, to be honest. It was, uh, he was... He was very impressive, and uh, Arsenal winning against Benfica in midweek obviously took a lot, a lot out of them. Um, resting Saka and uh, and uh, Aubameyang, who were, were both brilliant in getting them through. But if they're able to rest them and still win a game like this, then I think that's perfect for Arteta. If he can rotate the squad and keep going in the Europa League um, while still picking up results at, at Premier League level, then that's a win-win as far as he's concerned. No, absolutely spot on. Um, I think, we, as again, we mentioned it when we mentioned Leicester, I think Arsenal really need to go all out for the Europa League. Um, as good as their form has turned for them in the Premier League, I think they've left that probably a little bit too late. I think we'll all agree there, as weird the season is. I just think they've got too many teams that they need to drop points um, to, to sneak into the top four. And I don't think another season in the Europa it's good for them if they want to build and become that, you know, top four, top five, top six team again. Um, so I think the Europa League to get the Champions League slot is their best bet. Um, on Brendan, like league form aside, because their injuries have been horrific. I'll, I'll give you that. I think they've had the second most injuries in the league this season behind Liverpool. Um, I do think their injuries at the start of the season when they were doing well is much worse than it is now. Um, and they survived that. The biggest thing here is, yeah, we said the best thing for them to go was to go out of Europe. But they didn't. They put out such a strong feat. They didn't try to go out of Europe. Um, and Brendan just, he just chokes in Europe. Uh, it doesn't matter where he is. At Liverpool, horrendous. Celtic, terrible. Leicester, not much better. Um, I, I just, I think they'll fall out of the top four, Dave. I really do. Um, I just... It's just a Brendan thing. This is just... <laughs> and he is a good coach slash manager. Like, as much as my bias will never allow me to really give him the, the credit he truly deserves, but he is 
you know, he's he's that manager that, that Wolves now should look at, you know, to take them to the next step. But I think once he gets to that fourth, fifth, sixth spot, I think that's his limitations. I really genuinely think that's where he where he ends, and that's the difference between him and a and a Mourinho. Him and a, you know, obviously Klopp, Pep are different levels, but even like a, a Pochettino, um, who at least got to second in the league. Um, no, he didn't. He finished third that season, didn't he? Arsenal overtook them. Um, I, I just think this is. This this is as far as he can go with his Leicester team. I will be very surprised if they get top four. I genuinely think fifth place beckons for them. Um, and again, no, I think you met, you said it, Dave, when you said a uh, fully fit first eleven easily makes top four. And I, and I agree because the the squad that they have together with Sionchu, with Justin when he's fit. Um, da, 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 da. Pereira, is that the right back? Yep. Um, Madison, Barnes, just wonderful players. Um, I we I think we've mentioned it probably twenty times this season. They really need to find the answer for when Vardy goes, or just to give him a rest. You know, because they genuinely they almost couldn't let him recover for that operation. It was like he he had it, and four days later he was back in training to get ready to come back. Probably can't be good for a man who's mid thirties now. Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, I mean, I take it you're still fairly confident that they'll they'll hold it to the top four. I wouldn't say I'm confident. Um, I say well, I haven't seen them a couple of times this last week. Without Madison, they're quite average. I think he's due back in a few weeks. Um, without Barnes, I mean, who comes in like? Albrighton, who's decent, but he's not Harvey Barnes, is he? Um, they played Ayanacho as like a, like, a, like a almost like a ten here, like withdrawn forward, and that didn't didn't really work. Um, they've got enough about them, but I worry for them. I think a bit. They're they're also probably clinging on to the international break, and then they can you know have a couple of weeks just to reassess their options, but. Uh, they're in the driving seat. They've got, what, five points over Chelsea? Um, I guess Everton can close within three of them if they win their game in hand, but I, I don't see Everton as a real threat to that top four. Yeah, it'd be yeah, it'd be interesting for Everton. Everton are a very, very strange team this season. Um, yeah, no, as I say, my money, whilst biased as well, my my, my dislike for the, for the broad. Um <laughs> But on Arsenal, I mean, is it? We've we've hammered them quite a lot this season, mainly for um, his stupid comments as Simon all point out after games. But Arteta has really turned it around the last few weeks, kind of almost playing the youngsters, playing players in proper positions. Aubameyang's obviously didn't didn't play um, in this game, but he's finally started to believe he wants to play football again. Um, are still looking fairly decent. As I say, they're two points behind Liverpool now, I believe. No, um, they're six points behind you. Is it, right? Things it aren't that bad be- yet, Ali. <laughs> me- no, it was maybe before the Liverpool game I had seen. So that must have been what it's from, from right after their game. But still, that's a big difference from a team who were, you know, hovering above relegation. We knew they were actually going to get relegated, but um, they were well cast aside at that point. 
Well, I've done well, as you say. Um, I think it's going to be one of those where he's probably going to try a few different things if you're now at the end of the season and really have a go at it next season. Now, I agree with you that being in the Europa League won't help them particularly, but um, it's kind of become a very Arsenal thing and they probably need the revenue from it. So um, they, they should go all out to try and win the Europa League, but there's some good clubs left in, the, in that competition still, so... They'd have to go some to, to beat the likes of, you know, I don't one of Manu or Milan are going to go out, which will help, but um, there's still some, some top sides in there to try and knock out. Is the Europa League places now their new fourth place? Is this the new trophy for Arsenal? <laughs> I think this season there'll be quite a few clubs who'll be quite happy to get the Europa League place because the way I say it, there's 10 clubs going for um, six or seven spots, depending on who wins what, but it's, uh, it's not a good equation for them, is it? Yeah, we'll come up to one team later. I, I really, really hope don't get it. Um, yeah, I don't know what much more we can we can add on to that. I mean, as you say, Arsenal are kind of stuck in limbo. Um, Leicester, you can put it a lot down to, to injuries. Um, so I think from Arsenal, we'll move on to the, the other side of North London. Um, and Spurs, 4-0 um, home win. Um against the mighty Burnley. Um, <laughs> Gareth Bale with two um, and an assist to Kane. Um, that's a few games in a row. Gareth Bale's like, contributing and looking lively and coming away with some high praise, Simon. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I mean, as you say, it was against Burnley, so you don't... Oh, so whoa, how... whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I don't know how much you can read into it, but He's looking, he's looking like a decent player. Well, we've always known that he's a good player. He's looking interested and happy to be playing, which is the main thing. And um, more so than the goals, there was one point in the game where it was, there was it was like a flashback to the battle of Olds where he got the ball, the fullback come to him, and he, he just kicked it past him and just absolutely did him uh, like he used to do. So he's yeah, he's looking good. Spurs. It was very un-Mourinho-like to play so many attacking players on the pitch. Um, but look what happens. You play your best attackers and you score a few goals. It's, it's interesting how, how that works. Um, and I think it was, it was obviously it was a very good win for Spurs. But I mean, it was an important win as well because they had not been the best run of form. And Burnley, to be fair, I, you know, we, we sort of criticised how they play at times, but they can make it tricky for opponents because they are normally pretty decent at the back. So to stick four past them, you know, you can't really knock that. And I think from a Tottenham fan point of view, I think they'd just be glad to see Bale getting a run of games again. And if if he can keep himself fit, him, Kane and Son, we said it when he signed, that as a front three on paper, you look at that and go, that's, that's that's you know one of the best front threes in the league on paper. So if they can get him going, which he seems to be doing at the moment, they they might have a, a better end to the season. But you just that's that's relying on Mourinho going against his natural instincts and uh, and letting them letting them go and and uh, and fly. Whether Mourinho will do that or not, I'm I'm not 100% convinced. Yeah, Dave, as Simon says, it's almost like playing Gareth Bale in a few games and kind of gets the engine going and kind of well, beats up the player. 
I think another situation where Mourinho's had a almost a public spat with a player and it's worked in his favour. Um, it's only a few weeks ago he was you know, calling Bale out for that Instagram post, which basically called him a liar for saying training was great when he hadn't been trained at all. Um, and since then, Bale's been pretty good. So, reading that what you will. I mean, he pretty much bullied in Dombele until he became a good player. So, <laughs> maybe that's the future. Um, no, I mean... <laughs> When Mourinho left them off the leash and the play like the winner they're capable of, this is the result. And I appreciate not every team plays like Burnley, but um, they absolutely put them to the sword. Um, the way you'd expect to put a you know a team like Tottenham with the players they've got against a team like Burnley, they couldn't be any more polar opposite, could they? Um, Burnley. No, sorry, I'll ask you because Ali will say yes. But <laughs> do you think? They are in serious trouble. I know this is the first defeat in five, but mm. they are bang average. Yeah, I mean, I don't think that's ever really been. Um, you know, that that's not an unknown uh, thing to say about Burnley. But I think I don't know if I'd say they're in serious trouble because just purely because of that, uh, me and Tarkovsky with Pope behind them. That's that that is a good solid base to work from, and they just. I mean, I, th- I think it might be way back at the start of the season, one of the early podcasts we do when Chris was still on, and he he said with Burnley, it's almost like their result. It's like a Bermuda Triangle effect. Like they just <laughs> seem they seem to be have go through periods where they don't look good at all and don't get any results. Yet they always survive with relative ease. Um, I oh. I don't see them going down, but they're. They're right bang in it. They're more in sort of that the relegation fight this season than I think they have been the last couple of years. Without looking, in 26 league games, how many goals have they got? Oh, I bet it's not many. Um, 27, 28? 18. Oh, bloody. Really? Yes. (laughs) I can't believe they scored three past us. That's embarrassing. That's bad, that's bad, that is. There's only Sheffield United got fewer. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm astounded, to be honest, but still. <sighs> okay, I really, now, now I would be more concerned, having heard that. I really want them to get relegated. It's like, for obvious reasons, but also because it's Burnley. I mean, uh, we, we always go, about, oh, you know, they'll pick up the points when they need to, but like, they played at home with a 10-man West Brom for an hour and drew 0-0 and were lucky to draw 0-0. Like at some point we've just got to actually call them what they are. They are shit. Like, <laughs> yeah. If they hadn't won at Anfield, my God, they'd be down there with us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, anybody can win Anfield though. Let's, let's, <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> I think, do you know what? I, I don't disagree with anything either of you are saying about Burnley, but it it just like it ultimately adds to what I've said all along about Sean Dyche and how good a manager he is. Because the, the lack of funds, the terrible squad, bar four players, five players who maybe belong in the Premier League, um, they're they're poor. They are genuinely a Championship squad. Um, maybe 18th place, first eleven when everyone's fit, and they're only 18th because of the you know Ben Mee, Tarkovsky, and and Pope uh, with McNeil. Yeah, McNeil. Um, like 
Sean Dyche just does. I, I just don't, I, I get Burnley probably don't have much money, but surely they have enough money to give him some sort of budget to let him get any players. I think the only player they got this year was a loan signing and maybe like a two million pound player from like League Two. Yeah, but like, who's who's Sean Dyche going to sign? Like, who's on his shopping list? They probably won't bring Carlton Palmer out of retirement. Like, <laughs> I just, it's, I a, it's a difficult club to attract top players to, let's be honest, isn't it? Well, it is. Like, come and play for our racist club. No thanks. Right. I mean, they spent something like 30 million on Stephen Defoe. Uh, is he still there? Like, I, I haven't seen him for months. No, he's no away. Idea. He went to be. Uh, last summer. Oh, did he? Oh, well. Yeah. Uh, and then that, then they had the flair of Jeff Hendrick, which we now enjoy. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I don't know. I just feel violated here. You picking on my poor Bromley. Um. Uh, I just, I mean, it's just not a new thing. Like I've been slacking off for months now. I know. I just, they're just like, they're a step below Palace in terms of like, what do you bring to the league? Like, do I look forward to watching them? No. They've got, as you say, two good centre-backs and a keeper. Again, doesn't make me want to watch them. McNeil, all right, he's decent. Goodmanson, I like their two wide players, but there's a limit to what they're going to achieve with what Westwood and Cork in, in, inside. Like, I mean, Christ alive. The thing is, even the two centre-halves, like, do they fit into a team who don't play Burnley's way? I think Tarkovsky probably can play at a higher level. Um, I think... I've got nothing to back it up with other than he's played for England, but um, I think Ben Mee is a bit of a more of a, a hoof and hoof kind of guy, whereas Tarkovsky, I think, can play a bit, but uh, I don't know. Yeah, it'll be, it'll be interesting. Um, I think I I do think they're in trouble. I just think the the difference is the manager. I genuinely think that's going to be the difference. When I look at Fulham, yourselves, Dave. Even Brighton, even as good a job Potter's technically doing, um, I just believe Deitch is the better manager. And the situation that you guys are in, I think if any of you could swap your manager and pick any of uh, you should swap them amongst yourselves. Sean Deitch would be the manager you should all want. And if not, you deserve to go down. I actually agree. In this situation, of the of the bottom six, yeah, I, I would want Deitch as the manager. In this situation, um, Potter's maybe a better manager if you're mid-table. Oh, but, if we had, if we had points to play with, I'd go with Potter. It'd be nice, it'd be yeah. better to watch. But um, in terms of if I want points on the board, I guess it would be him. I mean, you could probably make an argument for Allardyce, given that that's what he does. Um, but I wouldn't ever want to go through that ever again in my life. So. <laughs> Anybody who says Allardyce deserves to go down. All of that. Yeah. So I mean. Spurs finally break the break their little rut, um, and they are now where are they? Eighth in the league. Eighth. Um, four points behind Liverpool and Everton. Five behind Chelsea. Um, top four gone. I think we do, we do we agree that Spurs is just maybe top four's gone it's too, again. Too many like Arsenal. Too many teams ahead of them. Got a game in hand, so could win that and go within within striking distance. Good goal difference. Game in hand to Everton. Uh, uh, well, no, it's, it's against their game in hands against us. Yeah, of course, everybody's giving hands against Villa. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, look, I'll be, yeah, you're right. The game in hand, I didn't notice the game in hand when I looked at the table there. Um, yeah, it could make a difference. I just think between that and the Europa League might be a bit difficult for them. 
Well, they've got the squad first. Like it's not like Leicester where they've got you know kind of running empty when they they've got quite a quite a few players in in reserve who are decent enough for certain fixtures. And I'm not saying you could play them in you know games against the top four, five, six, whatever. But if they're playing you know Burnley at home, those are the games where you probably should rotate the squad a bit. But yeah, we you know we're due a hurricane, another ankle injury coming up. Well, as we always talk about, like, Kane wants to play against the crap clubs because he knows he'll get a hat full of goals and that's all he seems to care about, which I know is commendable in a way, but it will cost him eventually. Yeah, well, it does every season, doesn't it? It's going to shorten his career. There's no way he's going to be one of those forwards playing until he's, you know, late 30s, early 40s type, um, which he probably could have done, the style of play he played in originally, but bringing yourself on at 7-0 in an FA Cup game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just moronic. Now, uh, Harry, the people of Tranmere wanted to see Harry Kane. Yeah. <laughs> the people of Spurs don't want to see Harry Kane. <laughs> um, like massive three points, as we say. Like we can mock Mourinho all he wants, but he does get those get those wins. And I still have them down as favourites for the Europa League. I just think it's Mourinho's type of competition. And they've, got, uh, they've got a nice draw of it as well. I know Prague beat Leicester, but um, that's probably one of the teams you'd want to draw from that uh, last thing. Prague got Rangers, did they not? Oh yes, I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Spurs got was it Spurs got Zagreb? They got, right. they got they got someone who I thought they'll beat them. Yeah, Spurs have got yeah they're away to Zagreb first leg. Yeah, I mean that's, that just, seems that seems, seems like a reasonable draw, doesn't it? Uh, and and on Prague, by the way, just for any Scottish fans, listen, I do fancy Rangers to beat Prague. Um, oh well. Rangers have lost what once all season in forty odd games. Yeah, um, it's not bad. Like I mean, it's not like they had a, a group of crap clubs here. They had Benfica and they had um, oh, that, that that Dutch team who was actually about to get relegated. Willem. Oh yeah. Um, um, Gerard's done well in Europe, even the last couple of seasons actually. To be fair. Um, but that's enough praise on him and that club. We're only to say their name twice on a podcast before the, we get taken off the air. Um, I don't even really want to come on to the next game. I mean, that's um, not. Like, let's, let's, just, let's just talk about the handball. Like, what, what, an, what a waste of life. <laughs> I, I have not seen the even the video of this handball. I've only seen a picture. Now, a picture obviously can tell much a story. So, Dave, it was 0-0 Chelsea Man United. Um, mm. Talk us through the handball that I'm... Well, I think someone put it best on Twitter when I said it, it was a it was a VAR penalty, but not like a not like a normal penalty. Like it's the type of penalty that's been given all season, but the type of penalty was never given in the previous 27 seasons before we had VAR. So he moves his arm towards the ball, hits his hand. Like I'm I'm amazed it wasn't given either in real time or after a replay. Um, but funny when it happens to them so <laughs> <laughs> right so on that right, again I'll come to you Simon as well but I, I've, again I, I, I've just looked on Twitter here just for to try and get you know the video of it but it just seems to be pictures for it what do we make of um, all the comments regarding the referees supposed comments uh, I, I thought it was a bit a bit small time from uh, Solskjaer to be honest you know they've they've had plenty of ridiculous penalties given for them over the last couple of years. So 
I thought it was uh, a bit rich him coming on complaining about. I mean, any anyone from Man U to complain about dodgy decisions not going for them can can do one to be honest because over the years they've had so many go for them. Uh, I mean, the penalty. I'm I like Dave. I'm amazed that it wasn't given considering what has been given this season, especially when they're told to go look at it again, you know, nine times out of 10, that means that they're going to give it. But I mean, I, I don't care. I'm glad that they didn't get it. It was such a shit game. <laughs> they, did, they didn't deserve to get the win. And what really annoyed me was Martin Tyler on commentary seemed to be trying to do his best to convince everyone that we were watching a really good entertaining game. He kept <laughs> saying how much attacking endeavour there was. I was watching thinking, what, what are you watching? Because it is not the game that I'm looking at. I, I, it was such a dog of a game. I don't know I, why we're surprised. I think they just plug Martin Tyler in and just hear so like <laughs> the, the, these standard phrases in which he just spits out. I mean, I think you're right. I think they're trying to get people to not turn off because these top, <laughs> six, these top six matches, this is another one with Man U, where I think every time they've played a top six club this season, they've drawn 0-0 or lost 6-1. So... <laughs> It's, yeah, uh, it's diabolical to watch, isn't it? It was I've awful. Just, I've just seen the video, um, and I, I agree with what you're saying. I'm surprised it's not given with the, the VAR rules. But if that's a handball, the the rule, I, I I actually don't understand the handball rule anymore. It's I've, it's gone. I don't no, think anyone does. <laughs> no, it's 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 all a nonsense, isn't it? Because whoever the Man United player, it looks like the Man United player is trying to handle it to knock it past the doy as well. <laughs> well, that didn't help. It was there was an awful lot of hands in there. Yeah, he tried to use his elbow to knock it past Hudson Odoi at the same time. If that gets given, like, it, like it justifies my reason to retire from modern football because the game's gone. <laughs> uh, just on this game, question I wanted to ask: Bruno Fernandes, is he just a flat track buddy? Because in all the games, as you say, Manu's games against the top six, he has not turned up at all. I think um, it's harder for him to make an impact against the bigger clubs when it's literally just him. Yeah. Like the problem is, obviously, the bigger clubs are generally better defensively, and they can probably snuff out what he's doing and what he's going to pass to. Um, and obviously, the weaker clubs don't have don't have that capability. But he's partnered with Fred and McTominay, mm. and he had Dan James to his right. Sorry, to his left, and he had Mason Greenwood, and he had Rashford, who hasn't really played centre forward for a number of years. Really, he's been more of a, a winger really in recent times. Um, and they were just looked a bit toothless. And I think Fernandez, with, with, with what he's got around him, when the going's good, he's very good. But when the going's not happening, like if it's not if it's not him, it's not anybody. Mm. Uh, and in that regard, I think I think Pog was very good for him. Even if Pogba himself's not always on it, he obviously worries teams a bit because people know what he's capable of, and I think that that does help Fernandez a bit. But um, he's so much better than the rest of that team. It really shows through in games like this. Yeah, he's probably been the best player in the league since he since he came in. Um, definitely yeah, I mean, start padded with penalties, 100%. But yeah, yeah. I just thought he's an like. Don't get me wrong, he's obviously a very, very talented player, but those are the players that in, you know, those sort of dull games, 
that's where you're looking for the real, real top players to make mm. that difference and provide that little spark. And it's not that like he 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 hasn't like individually even done anything in any of those games. Like he just hasn't turned up for them. Yeah, I mean. <sighs> I go going to like I can obviously speak most about Liverpool players. I, I think Suarez very rarely scored against you know the, the top four teams. Um, as well, I mean again the level of team he's playing in almost that he was carrying. You know it, it's easier to stand out certainly and score and assist more when you've got more. But when you're trying to you're almost against the big teams you're not you're almost not trying to create you're almost trying to get control of the game back. For Man United, I mean, I think we've all mentioned quite often that Man United are second in the league for being pretty much atrocious a lot of the season. <laughs> you know, it's it's just it's strange. It almost doesn't make sense. Um, and obviously, I say that trying not to be biased, obviously as a Liverpool fan, but they, there's not many games you can talk that Man United have been, you know, really good in. Yet they are comfortably yeah. second in the league, really. Um, I, I agree. It's, I. I, I don't understand it because, as you say, I've not watched them once this season and thought that they've played particularly well or have looked really, really good like in, in hardly any of their games, but somehow they seem to win. No, they just they seem to play for 20 minutes and get a couple of goals. Um, sometimes they go behind first, sometimes they sort of pull out the fire towards the end. I mean, ironically, the best I've seen them play was against Everton at the end of drawn. Mm. Um yeah. But like the Villa game is a great example just around Christmas when I thought Villa were comfortably the better team. Um and they end up getting beat two one to a dodgy penalty. Like it's Yeah. It's, it's been that kind of season for them, like all season. Like they've had they've had a lot of luck and it can't all be luck with the second on the table, but it's, it's, it's moments it it's moments of individual brilliance from certain players rather than good team performances, isn't it? Yeah, and I think someone summed this up as well, saying that that's what Liverpool have lacked this year. I know we'll come on Liverpool in a bit, but um, it's been very rare that one player has pulled Liverpool through in these times. Um, whereas Man U seem to have it in abundance. If it's not Fernandez, it'll be, you know, Rashford will do something, or Pogba's scored yeah. a, couple, a, couple, a couple of vital goals, and, you know, someone always seems to step up. Um, whereas Liverpool haven't really had that in recent weeks. Yeah, I think we spoke quite a lot on a game that none of us wanted to speak about. <laughs> typical. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, just we'll just briefly touch on Chelsea um, because we've, we've berated Man United enough and we've just not done it enough to Chelsea. But uh, like, are we seeing improvement from Tuchel? I know it's early, so we're probably being harsh, but it's just they're so <laughs> dull. <laughs> mm, they are, but it's hard to explain. Like, I feel like they're more of a a proper contender with him in charge rather than Lampard, and whether that's just you know reputational snobbery, and I don't know. Manager, one's a PE Well, <laughs> I think I think Tuchel's obviously been there and done it a bit more. Um, I think it was always a thing with Lampard of that he was never going to be there forever, and it was always a matter of time before someone more fancy came in, if you like, someone with a higher rep. Um, the win in well, I say in Madrid wherever the hell that game was played. Um, <laughs> it's a great result for Chelsea, but to be fair, Lampard had done pretty well in the Champions League as well, so you couldn't say for certain that that, that was going to be a diff- the same result. But um, what are the fifth one point outside the top four? Yes, yeah. Again, though, like, you look at them and, you know, Werner got 15 minutes at the end. 
Abraham didn't make the squad. They've gone back to Giroud, who again scored a great goal in that in that Champions League game. But playing Giroud in against the top four, like it's a bit, it's a bit uh, 2010, isn't it? It's a bit, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, I mean Simon, do you pretty much agree on? Yeah, I, I think I'd 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 fancy them to get in the top four because I think they on paper that you look at the squad and think that that they should be getting in the top four. Um, but they haven't haven't looked great, really. But they look solid, which maybe they weren't under Lampard's. But, so yeah, it's a bit of a weird one, really. I think it's hard. To, it's really difficult to sort of make an accurate assessment on Chelsea because you, you sort of watch them and you think they're a bit meh, but you expect them to get results. I don't know. I'm really confused when I think about Chelsea. I don't know what to make of them. Yeah, that's that. Um, yeah, um, we'll come on to the last game on Sunday then. Um, Sheffield United zero, Liverpool two. Uh, Liverpool finally picked up three points. Uh, Dave, we'll come to you first in this one. Well, I think we all expect Liverpool to win, but it made pretty hard work of it. <laughs> like, um, I mean, to be fair, Ramsdale's been pretty much a hologram all season, but for some reason in this in this game he turned into. Ghost of Levy Ashen. It was uh, <laughs> it was bizarre, but you got there in the end, and you should have won by more, really. Um, I, don't, I don't know what else to say. Like you kind of plugged away for a bit and missed. Firmino was had had one of those games where he missed a handful of chances, and then so every game he plays in scores one, that, scores one that deflects in, and I think it went down as an own goal in the end. But it did, yeah, deservedly. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> But as I say, you, you got there in the end, didn't you? But um, it's the type of win you get after you, after you haven't won for a while and you play against a team who are pretty hopeless. Yeah, Chelsea midweek, I believe, as well. Um, uh, be 0 <laughs> I, I don't see us not conceding. Uh, <laughs> even, even against Chelsea. I think even Brighton should be looking forward to playing Liverpool sometime soon. Um <laughs> Look, the good thing for Liverpool is players are coming back. Fabinho, I believe, was on the... No, he didn't make the squad. But he's back in full training. He'll be back for the Chelsea game. Jota's back. Um, he missed a game through injury, which was rumoured to be appendicitis. Um, but Klopp said, either after the game or in another interview, that he should be back for Chelsea. So, always good. Keita came on and got minutes. Um, obviously, we'll not see Van Dijk and Gomez. I think Henderson's out for a while. Um, I don't know where this Davis boy we signed in January is. I think he's dead already. <laughs> <laughs> so, at least players are coming back. Jota will be... I think, Simon, you're as high on Jota as, as anyone. I think he's going to be massive when he comes back. Hopefully, finally get rid of Firmino. Um, because Dave is as down as you are on on Joe Linton, um, I'll, I'll I'll swap you for Firmino right now. Oh, um, yes, I just have no idea what's <laughs> going on with Firmino. He's went from being the most important player in world football to like a cone. Um, but look, it's a it's a massive three points. And do you know what I will add is is Curtis Jones for his age has been tremendous for Liverpool this season. Um, 
showed up in some games. He's, young players are always going to make mistakes, especially what we're seeing. Like, we kept a clean sheet yesterday for the first time in however long. We won a game. And if you look at Liverpool Twitter from the, the proper Reds, that Kabak, the young guy, 20-year-old, you know, new league, new sign-in, fourth game, he is the worst centre-back in the world because he doesn't <laughs> shout like Jordan Henderson. Like, it is, oh, like, I honestly, I hate football fans. I hate Liverpool football fans. They are just imbeciles. Um, I mean, Simon, did you watch much of this? And- uh, yeah, uh- I mean, nothing, I don't think I can really add anything uh, other than to what you guys have said. Um, on Curtis Jones, I agree. I think he looks a, a really talented player. I think the Euros this summer will probably come around just a bit too quick for him, just because there's so many other options. But yeah, he's especially only one, in his role. Yeah, I mean, he's only, what, 1920, something like that? So yeah. I think, um, you know, uh, there'll be future international tournaments definitely for him. And like you said, Jota coming back is massive because it just gives you a chance to rotate that front three around. Like not just for Mino, but it gives a chance to give Salah and Mane a rest in certain games. Yeah, Mane, according uh, to many, um, especially like uh, my Liverpool podcast, but supposedly is just looking short at the moment. You know, pace seems to have gone. Confidence doesn't seem to be, you know, what it was at the start of the season. Um, and obviously, it doesn't help the way Liverpool are playing, but. You know, it is worrying when a player like Manny, who's so explosive, if he looks, you know, just even just that fraction slower, it really can be telling. Mm-hmm. I don't know if any used to spotted it or have even noticed, like, paying attention that, that closely. Really. No, the one thing I did notice was uh, he there was a point where he was in the box and he, he took it past his defender, he dived in. And he didn't go down, so something must be off with him because I've, <laughs> I've never seen that from him before. <laughs> just just proving a point to all you guys about how Liverpool players like Salah and Mane dive yet when you're filled and you don't get you don't you don't get the penalties, which is exactly the issue with with refereeing and VAR, I guess. Yeah. Um, but that's that's a that's a story for another day. Um <laughs> we'll move on to the last game of the weekend and to the other side, the Merseyside, um and a game that you both told me was accelerating. Um Dave, one 0 Everton. Tell me all the juicy details. Uh, um, Richarlison scored after an immortal, I don't know, a little in. I don't know. And uh, it, um, it kind of went downhill from there, to be quite honest with you. It um, just descended into a bit of a hoof match. It was it was, it was was dull. I think it was, there was one shot on target from Southampton in the last five minutes when Vestergaard had a sort of product one was loose in the box and Pickford saved it. Um I nearly fell asleep. It was <laughs> it was it, it was a poor match, but Everton won and Southampton are for me just about still in the relegation scrap because they haven't won in was it nine games now? Ten games? One win yeah. in fourteen games. Fourteen. Eight defeats out of their last nine. Um Ooh. can anybody tell me who the one win is? <laughs> Liverpool. Liverpool. <laughs> Even we beat them. <laughs> anybody, anybody could beat Burnley. Beat us. <laughs> That's yeah, true. Yeah, one win fourteen. That that is bad for a team who were top of the league in December. Uh, Worrying. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, again, I'm all for it. The more teams get sucked into this, the better. Um, <laughs> I, I, uh, 
I hate to say too good to go down, but something's gone wrong, horribly wrong. Is is Hassan Hootel's job under threat? Because any other manager, if they lost eight games in out of nine, I'd like to tell you that we've won two in seventeen. And we're... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's not okay. a, it's not like. I mean, you haven't had, or I don't know, actually, you might correct me here. Have you had six or seven defeats in a row in that spell, though? Oh, probably. It feels like it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what season are you discussing here? <laughs> this, this could be any a number of times for Dave at some point throughout this tenure. I mean, it, it seems mad that what's happened to Southampton, like you say, before Christmas, we were raving about them, and... It's just been, and you can't even blame it on the 9-0, this 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 season's 9-0, I mean, because that came, that was like the fifth or sixth defeat in that run, so God knows what's going on there. Yeah, but normally the 9-0 is the one that turns it all around. Yeah. <laughs> just last season they had lost so many in a row, lost 9-0, and then it felt like they never lost a game between the then and the end of the season, but... Um, Again, it's like you say, Dave, I mean, it's it's one of those cliches that are they too good to go down? I mean, you'd probably like to think so and something will change soon. Um, but... I they need, they need to improve quickly. Well, I thought the Chelsea draw might have been the one, you know, to give them that, that little boost. Yeah, but I mean, even in that game, like when they got that goal, like we said, it was... It was so against the run of play. It was unbelievable. So, I mean, worrying times. You'd expect, or I'd expect them to be okay purely because they've got Danny Ings, who is a goal scorer. But, I mean, once you, when you get into a losing rut like this, it's so difficult to get out of. They've got Sheffield United away next. They'll be fine. Oh, damn it. They're all right then. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, that's that's the end of the weekend's fixtures. Um, now, rather than preview them, because we're already over the hour mark, I think we'll just go for a quick prediction. Um, go through the games and quick prediction for you. So I'll come to you first, Simon, for the, the Tuesday night game. Man City at home with Wolves. Man City. Anything other? Home win, yeah. yeah Dave? <laughs> Man City. Uh, yes, Man City did yeah. win. Hat trick for there. I'll go with Man City as well. Right, Mighty Burnley at home to Leicester City. Uh, Dave? Uh, I think it'll be a draw. Draw. Simon? Uh, Leicester get away from home, so Leicester. Yeah, Burnley. Burnley win for me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> nobody could have guessed that. Um, right, next up at Bramall Lane, if it's still called that. Sheffield United at home to the mighty Aston Villa. Simon, go for it. Com- comfortable Villa win. Dave? Yeah, Villa. Yeah, Sheffield United only beat Liverpool. Um, right. Well, no, no. Crystal Palace, Man United. Um, Manny will win easily. It's, uh, Fernandez will have a field. Uh. <laughs> oh, good point. Good point. Simon Fernandez. You know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, right on to Thursday night, London derby, Fulham v Spurs. Uh, Simon. Ooh, this is probably the tough. This is a tough one, actually. Do you know what? I'm going to go for a draw here. And Dave? Uh, I'm going to go with Spurs. Hopefully they'll do us a favour. I think Spurs. Spurs don't lose on Thursday nights. Not till <laughs> the important games. So I think Spurs are one quite comfortable here. Um, West Brom at home to Everton. Um, massive massive game for Everton. 
um, on the run of form they're on. Uh, Dave, for you first? Hopefully Everton, yeah. And uh, Simon? Yeah, uh, Everton. Yeah, I'm going to draw. I just can't bear to say the name. <laughs> um, and then last up for the week, we have Liverpool, Chelsea. Should be. I'm going to go first and just say this is a one-all draw. It's it's this game. Uh, Simon first. Uh, yeah, I'll give it. Actually, I think it'll be a draw. And David. I'm going to go with Chelsea. I don't want to, but I, I just think to 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 go do what he did against Spurs and just boys into submission and get nick a goal from somewhere. Yeah, and anyone listening, I wouldn't take any of your betting advice off um, any of those <laughs> predictions. Or on our next segment, um, bringing back the betting corner for week two. Hopefully a lot more organised than it was last week. Um, so week one, Dave picked Man City to win, Spurs to win, Leicester to win and Liverpool to win. Leicester let you down, Dave. But three, a solid three out of four, good week one start. Uh, still with no, no money though, is it? No, no money. So you're on minus 10, but we all are. It's okay. wins. <laughs> Simon in second place with a City win. A Brighton win, which <laughs> stupid boy. Chelsea um, <laughs> draw, which he, he nailed on, and then Leeds and Villa to be both teams to score and over three and a half goals. Well, that was maybe the worst bet of the weekend. <laughs> um, and again for myself, a failure. I had Brentford to win, Crew to win, um, which was two all. And in my defence, I picked Aberdeen to beat Celtic, um, but I didn't know the Celtic were going to sack their manager. I firmly believe if their old manager had been in charge, Aberdeen win this game. Um, and I had Leeds to beat Villa, um, and that clearly let me down. So, chaps, for week two, do you have your bets at the ready? Yep. Right, Simon, give it to you. Okay, so I'm going for Arsenal to win at Burnley. Yep. Leicester to win at Brighton. Yep. Liverpool to win at home against Fulham. Yep. And Tottenham to win at home against Crystal Palace. And that what comes, for that? So the returns for that is £78.70. £78.70. And Dave, for yourself? So, embarrassingly, we've kind of got three of the same four fixtures here. Um, <laughs> so, so, I've got, so I've got Arsenal, Liverpool, Spurs... Um, but I've gone Villa to beat Wolves instead of Leicester to beat Brighton. I think Sihard, and that returns sixty-seven fifty. Arsenal, Spurs, Liverpool, and Villa. Yes, please. And what was your return, sorry? Uh, the return sixty-seven fifty. Sixty-seven fifty. Well, I feel I'm the most adventurous again. Um, I have went for the Brentford game with both teams to score. Um. I I take that back. It's both teams to score and win for Brentford. Um, I have stupidly got Southampton to win. Um, they are playing Sheffield United though. Um, I have Norwich who are at home at Luton Town, and I have Swansea Middlesbrough to be over two and a half goals in the game. And my returns are two hundred and seventy-four pound and fifty pence. Going big. So come back to us next week when we're all on minus 20. um, And (laughs) do not take our advice and bet sensibly if you're betting. Um, 
on on the betting corner, but if you've got any bets, we'll try to keep it at four or five teams max. Um, no stupid corners, three kicks and yellow cards. Just plain and simple goals, both teams to score type things. Just when the pod gets tweeted out, send yours in and we'll, we'll read any good winners that pop up um, out next week on the podcast. Um, thank you very much, chats, for joining me. Simon, if you'd like to take the lovely listeners where they can find you and what you've been up to this week, which you seem to be everywhere these days. Uh, yeah, so on Twitter, it's at Cy Regan. And uh, for any Vida fans, uh, the Holtcast podcast, I'm, I'm on that after every game. And on the website, 7500 to Holt, I'll do a, a few articles after the games as well. So if you're interested, check that out. Um, and Dave, we finally got a Chapman podcast. Oh, we did, yes. Uh, thanks to the boss man for getting that one turned around. But yeah, um, Twitter, that's Sam9798. Uh, the website same nine seven eight eight uk and um, there'll be the usual uh, twice a week football manager post on uh, our sister site which is fm underscore otp on twitter yep and check all that out you will catch um, 11 pieces of me which is Laura's episode Laura Bradburn which is out this week done by me and Dave um, loads of guests lined up and recorded already I'm not sure which order they're going to come out in so I'm not going to promote individually, but they'll be out every Wednesday. We have the Thursday guys back, obviously, to talk about all the games that we've kind of just predicted, um, and that'll be out on Friday. I believe there's a Football Manager post podcast out. If not, it's coming out. I believe I've seen on Twitter. Um, as you say, check out the Chatman pod that's come out. Um, make sure you give us a five-star rating and review, even if you don't like us or disagree. Let's just get those ratings up and try and get more listeners on us. Um, you can catch us at Morning Post on all your social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Um, and, yeah, just come and interact with us. Um, thank you very much to Dave and Simon for joining me again, and we'll be back next week. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, cheers. Thank you. And always remember to keep your man in the post.